0: Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, senior pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds ministries, visit cotr.com. What in the world is going on there? Hmm? We do not all think about that? A little bit... Uh... Ozarky redneck hillbilly a little scary isn't it and imagine being the wheat all right well this will figure into what we're gonna be talking about a little bit later welcome today it is Palm Sunday today today is the Sunday in history The actual Sunday whenever Jesus would have ridden that little donkey down the hill into Jerusalem in his triumphant entry with all the children singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. What an amazing, an amazing account of Jesus riding in to Jerusalem as the king. According to what the prophecy said, "Your, Your king shall come to you lowly and riding upon a colt of a donkey. Wow! Jesus went into the temple and during that week... He shared a number of things with, uh, with the people there because in only a few days from today is the day of the year in history when Jesus would have been crucified. And then next Sunday is the anniversary is the real day it coincides with easter and passover this year this is the real deal this coming sunday is the resurrection day the day in history when jesus would have been raised from the dead and so i mean there are a couple of things you don't want to miss okay one of them is the rapture and the second one is this coming sunday morning Okay, in our Easter celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And so, uh, just mark that on your calendars. Well, today we are finishing up on our series on the, on the defeating the enemies of the soul. This is series part number seven today. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the Jebusite. Defeating the enemies of the soul. These enemies are identifiable. Today we're going to conclude our series, and the video that you just saw will figure into this enemy that we're going to talk about today. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5. By the time we get to 2 Samuel chapter 5, King David had been king Only over the tribe of Judah and some Levites, but there were 10 tribes Who had refused to make him king? he had been king for seven years and His throne had been established in the city of Hebron Hebron is about 15 to 18 miles south of Jerusalem and Hebron was the capital of the tribe of Judah And so here, David had been reigning as the king over Judah, but the rest of Israel had not accepted him as king. So David gets word from the rest of Israel, from the whole nation, that they are going to make him their king. And it happens. Now David is the undisputed king over all of the tribes of Israel and over the whole nation. He is so excited and he decides that he wants to move his capital from Hebron to a city a little farther north, a city we now know as Jerusalem. He feels like God is telling him to go to that city and there establish his throne. Well, We pick up here with David standing outside the city of Jerusalem. He's down the hill. If you've been to Jerusalem with me or or perhaps gone there on some pilgrimage, you know that it sets up on a hill. It's on Mount Moriah. And so to take it, you would have to kind of go up the hill. In fact, there are some cliffs that, 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 uh, that specifically they were approaching it from the valley of Kidron, and they were trying to go up that direction because the city of Jebus set out on a little jut, on a little place that is right now just a very small portion of what we know as Jerusalem. So David comes and he's with his army and he's standing down there at the bottom of this hill. And the people who live in the city, the city's name was Jebus instead of Jerusalem. And the people who lived in Jebus were Jebusites and that's our enemy for today so here david is ready to take the city and rename it jerusalem but the jebusites have a different idea second samuel five verse six and the king king david and his men went to jerusalem against the jebusites The inhabitants of the land, who spoke to David, saying, You shall not come in this city. You shall not come in here, but the blind and the lame will repel you. Thinking, David cannot come in here. They said, You can't do this, David. You're too weak you're unable you're too small you're insignificant there's no way David that you can come and take this fortified city we are Jebusites and this is the city of Jebus and we are built up on a hill and we're fortified even the smallest even the weakest even the most insignificant among us could repel you they really believed that David was weak and worthless And they rejected him as a formidable opponent who would send anyone to war without first defining the enemy who would send anyone to war without first telling them who the enemy was and what the enemy was like well God would not in fact God has not left us without knowledge as to the enemies we are going to face in this world God has given us not only the names of the enemies that we are going to face, but also their natures. And he's taken the Old Testament. He did not leave us the Old Testament as a history book alone. It's not just a historical record of what the children of Israel did in their exploits, but rather God has given us this record as a road map for our lives to help us identify the enemies that we are going to face in life. The same enemies that the children of Israel faced are the spiritual enemies that we face in life today. They're the same enemies that Adam and Eve faced in the garden. That serpent embodied every one of these enemies. Here, we are finding that as David Reaches the city these Jebusites cannot help it. It's their nature and they say to David you are weak You are worthless. You have no value. You're not a formidable foe We're not worried about you. In fact the smallest one among us can take care of you. You are nothing so We find these enemies that we face today in our spiritual lives of the same nature as those faced by God's children in the Old Testament. Here's a recap of these six enemies of the soul that we have been discussing for these past few weeks. Now, each enemy provides a formidable temptation. The goal of each one of these enemies and the goal of them as a group under the leadership of Satan The goal of the enemies of our soul is to separate us from God, to separate us from the promises of God, and to separate us from the blessings of God. That's the one thing they're trying to do, is to take us and make us not inherit the promises that God has given us. These six enemies include the Canaanite, Do you remember we talked about the Canaanite? The Canaanite means to compromise. Literally, this Canaanite is doing everything he can against the believer in Christ. If you are a born-again Christian today, this Canaanite is doing his best to try to get you to compromise your life. He's trying to get you to live with one foot in the kingdom of God and one foot in the world. He's trying to get you to straddle the fence so that you have no place to stand upon a solid foundation. He's trying to rob you of those things that you get whenever you live a life pleasing to God. He's trying to separate you from the blessings, separate you from the joy, separate you from the peace, separate you from the productivity we find in God because he's trying to get you to live a dual life fitting into the world and fitting in church that's his goal but we cannot live a victorious life with one foot in the kingdom of God and one foot in the world the church should not mimic the world we should be different we should be world changers we don't need to look like the world sound like the world and try to be you know important in a worldly way we need to do the work of God and do it because of the name of Jesus and never be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We need to wear our Christianity like a badge of joy, like a badge of, 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 of honor. It is a privilege to be a Christian and a child of God. And the world would like to get, uh, rob you of that and make you hide your Christianity and live a closet Christian life. We don't need to fit in. We need to rise above and draw others out of this world. The Hittite, you remember the Hittite? You can read about these in Exodus, the third chapter and verse 8, and indeed all throughout the Old Testament. The Hittite means dismayed, dismayed. This is the one who wants to terrorize you and paralyze you and unsettle you and confuse you and cause you to lose it because you don't know what to do. He wants to rob you of direction and make you so confused that you literally lose it. You go to pieces. The Amorite. The Amorite was the opinion-driven enemy. Remember we talked about stubborn, opinionated demons that... People want to argue over some of the smallest things. The devil wants to divide us. And most of the time, when churches divide, they divide over opinions. When families divide, they divide over opinions. When nations divide, they divide over opinions. When races divide, they divide over opinions. When generations divide, they divide over opinions this amorite wants to make us hold so strong to our personal opinions not to god's word but to our opinions or to our own personal interpretations to the point to where we become so stubbornly opinionated that we are willing to go to war with our family and friends over something that does not matter there are things that do matter But those are not the things that divide families and friends and churches most of the time the parasite the parasite was the enemy that says everything goes y'all remember this was the one that was without walls without standards without any boundaries now let me tell you tolerance is a virtue but there is a point beyond which tolerance ceases to be a virtue and what we tolerate today becomes the norm tomorrow And there are some things that are just standards and absolutes and are guidelines. You know, all roads do not lead to heaven, all religions are not the same this demon wants to take away all of the guidelines all of the standards all of the boundaries and you should be free to do anything after all you know it's none of my business what you do it's nobody's business what you do what's right for you might be right for you and what's right for you might be wrong for me no that's not the truth there is one truth it's Jesus Christ and him crucified there is one way to salvation it's through the blood of Christ and you must be born again Anything else is a lie. There are guidelines. Even in the Garden of Eden, even in a perfect world without sin, perfect people were told by God what to do and what not to do. There were some do's and don'ts. There are some things. There are some absolutes and guidelines in life. And this enemy wants to get you into the place. He'll try to get you there where you just accept no standards, no rights, no wrongs, no absolutes it can remove you from a life that is pleasing to God or is beneficial to anyone else. You don't have to be mean to tell someone the truth, but you do need to put a smile on your face and joy in your heart and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them as an absolute that you must be born again. We are not running a popularity contest. We're not trying to see how many people in the world think Christians are nice people. We're trying to get people born again. And that may mean that you need to establish some guidelines in your life, some boundaries, because this enemy wants to separate you from God's blessings. The Hittite, excuse me, the Hivite. The Hivite we talked about last week is selfishness. All about me. Whenever this enemy can get us to make life all about us, all about me, just about me, and blaming others for the problems that I'm facing the pressures the disappointments you know that's what you know Adam and Eve did in the very garden in that garden they encountered this particular spirit and they blamed God and blamed each other whenever each one of them made their own decision it doesn't have to be a bad habit excuse me it doesn't have to be a bad heart to be a bad habit the enemy we're talking about today is the Jebusite, okay? My goodness, what is this Jebusite? There are so many ites in the Bible. This Jebusite is very particular. God has showed us not only his name, but his nature. And you can identify this Jebusite. We just saw how that Jebusite, how they interacted with King David, what they said to him. They're trying to say the same thing to me and you. Do you know what the Jebusite wants to do? This Jebusite means threshing place, hence the video. Okay? You see those, the, the, okay, beating and beating and beating, that relentless threshing, okay? that threshing It it, it takes, uh, you know, the wheat and just beats it and beats it and beats it and beats it, hammers it, hammers it, hammers it, steps on it, steps on it, steps on it. They even get animals to walk around on it and trample it under their feet. It breaks the seed, that precious seed. It breaks it loose from the husk and it opens it up and sets the seed free. But the husk is bruised and damaged and broken and and that's what this Jebusite wants to do to you you. It's a threshing place. The Jebusite wants to beat you down. The Jebusite wants to make you feel like you're nothing but trash. You have been rejected. You have been thrown away. You are not the one, you know, you you are the chaff when actually you are the precious seed of God. This this, uh, 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 Jebusite wants to make you lowly esteemed. That's what it means. This word, the root word means to be lightly esteemed or to be not be thought well of. You know, when the Jebusites said to David, you can't come here. Even the weakest one of us can defeat. You're nothing. They were esteeming him very low. It means to trample underfoot like they do with animals, just to be stepped on. You ever felt walked on, stepped on? I've been walked on, stepped on so many times. No, she's been, yeah y'all remember the song she was crying when I left her she cries harder today okay y'all don't know that one huh (laughs) why because she's been stepped on walked on so many times and I hate to admit it but that last foot mine Mm -hmm. she was crying when I left her okay That's the Jebusite. Okay? All they want to do is step on you, trample you down, beat you down. What are they doing? They're tempting you to feel worthless. Have you ever been tempted to feel worthless? To feel discarded? To feel like you have no value? This Jebusite... Is a formidable enemy the devil wants you to believe that you're worthless that you're as worthless as the chaff you're as worthless as as that uh, uh, as, as the husk that they're going to throw away when actually you are the precious seed you are that which God is saving In the midst of the difficulties, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, Jesus said. I have overcome the world, and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. This devil, this Jebusite spirit comes to us at the worst possible times in life the worst seasons, the worst circumstances, at times when we are most vulnerable, at times when we are struggling or we're going through circumstances that that are screaming already, at times when we feel alone or we've been disappointed or afraid, the devil attempts to take some situation that is in your life or in this world. He's trying to take some circumstance that you're going through. And Jesus said, you will go through some things. Jesus said you're going to have some trouble here and there because you're in the world, okay? He said, but don't let the trouble worry you. Don't let it make you afraid. The devil wants to take the worried and the, and the fearful moments. He wants to take the moments that you're going through and he wants to exploit those. He wants to use those to validate what he's saying. See, I told you you're no good. See, I told you nobody likes you, everybody hates you. Guess you ought to go eat worms. Another song. see 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 you're nothing you've really messed up this time the devil attempts to validate his lies by using these circumstances and to make us feel rejected rejected by God rejected by family rejected by friends rejected by life have you ever felt beat down or beat up either one I, I, I I have We all have that Jebusite will use anything he can to try to make you feel worthless. But he is a liar. What will he use? He'll use sickness. You know, sometimes when people get sick, they start hearing the voice of the enemy saying, "Uh, you're not any good anymore. You know, you're not valuable. You sin. Sometimes when people sin, they start hearing that voice. See there, you've done too much now. God's rejected you. You know, He doesn't want you around anymore. Unemployment. Unemployment can make you feel. you, You ever been fired? It's like having a hammer come down on you. You're fired in your home. And all of a sudden you're here and you're no good, you're no good, you're no good, you're no good, you're not employable, you're never going to get another job, it was your fault, it was your fault, it was your fault, it was your fault. You know, trying to make you feel worthless. Trying to separate you from, from the blessings of God because in order to be blessed by God, you're going to get up and go forward. You're going to get up and gauge life. God said, I'll drive your enemies out from before your face, but you need to face them. Failure. You know, retirement. I've talked with people who have retired and all of a sudden they start to feeling like, you know, they don't have any more value, don't have any more place. You know, that Jebby's will begin to speak to them. People who are disappointed and, and are people with PTSD, people with economic downturns, people who are going through difficult financial times. They can just, you know, the world can start crowding in and it looks like blow after blow after blow. You see the devil attacks and it seems constant, aggressive, relentless and unfair. Just like that hammer. It just seems like it's never going to stop. How many times have you heard someone say, I don't know how much more I can take? That's the truth. That's where the devil wants to get you. To a place where you say to yourself, that's right, I can't take any more. The Apostle Paul went through quite a lot. In fact, the Bible says that he was buffeted. That's that same kind of thing. Every time he got up, he got knocked back down. His credibility took a hit. Every time, every city he would go to, people would come and say, he's not really the guy you should be listening to. You know, he's not right. You know, he he's did this, he did that. And his, his credibility would go back down and people would stop listening to him. They would take him off and put him in jail or they would beat him or they would put him in chains or they would stone him or, or you know, I mean, one thing, and, 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 as, and as, if, as if that was not enough, he's on a ship in chains going to prison and a storm comes up and his ship sinks. Come on. Really? Hello? And then he survives the shipwreck, walks over, and starts helping build a fire, and a snake bites him. Come on, hello? Does this look suspicious to anyone else? Just how many things can go wrong? How many things can pile up on one person? How much trouble can one person endure? How many beatings can I take? The Jebusite is right there all along saying, I told you you weren't no good. I told you it wasn't going to work. You might as well quit. You may as well just sit down. It's never gonna get any better that's the Jebusite the Apostle Paul had a different perspective however this is what he said to the people in the church in Corinth 2nd Corinthians 4 verse 17 he says for our light affliction what have you heard his testimony light affliction They stoned him to death and drug him out on a trash pile outside the city. He got up and went back in and preached again. Our light affliction. Huh? This guy had his head cut off for our light affliction. More than once he was beaten with 39 stripes for preaching the gospel our light affliction what does that mean that means that I can do this I can do this Royce and I were talking I don't remember it was today or Wednesday night and he asked me how you doing I said I'm doing doing great he said yeah me too I said you know once I got that heaven and hell thing settled I could do the rest of this on my head. Okay? This light affliction. It's all in a perspective. You might say, well, what's happening to me is not light. That might be the Jebusite talking to you. Because God calls you more than a conqueror. Yeah. But how much more can I take? This light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us. Not against us. God says he'll make everything work together for good. Now, God's not causing the sickness. God's not causing the unemployment. God's not causing the financial downturn. God's not causing the shipwreck. He's not causing the snake to bite. He's not causing the problems. He is there to fix the problems. Believing God causes problems is its is, is little as much of a lunatic and lunacy as thinking that fire trucks go around starting fires. (laughs) Well, they're there every time. Yes, they are. (laughs) They show up to help. This light affliction, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, it works for us, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You know, I was growing, restricted by this old stalk that was dried out, inside of a husk that was limiting me, that was holding me back, and then... The devil decided he wanted to hammer on me a little bit, and God set me free. Precious seed, we're not the chaff. The devil can't beat me down. He can only work for me, not against me. That's why Paul would say and James would say count it all joy my brothers when you fall into various temptations testing trial and tribulation knowing this that the trying of your faith works patience and patience works hope and hope works experience and it and hope and hope will not allow you to be ashamed you will get what you are believing God for the promises of God will come upon you if you will hold fast yes. hold fast to God keep Keep trusting keep believing keep holding on to God don't let the enemy make you draw back and quit that's what he wants to do how much more can I take well the Bible says that God will not allow more to come upon you than you can take but with every temptation that comes your way God's word says he will provide a way of escape so that the temptation cannot defeat you, so that you cannot be held captive by the troubles, the problems, the tribulations, the testings, and the trials. He will see you through. Don't quit on him. He won't quit on you. Here's what Paul continued to say. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but we are looking at unseen things. Why? Because the things we can see, that hammer we can see, that sickness, that unemployment, that downturn in finances, that, that, that loss, those things we can see are only temporary. The things we cannot see are eternal. The threshing floor is a place of no peace. The hammer just keeps coming down. This Jebusite wants to whisper in your ears that you're worthless, wants to tell you that you're without hope and without help. That you're despised and you're rejected do you know everyone has felt rejection at some point everyone has felt rejection and the rejection makes them feel worthless you know every person has been told by someone I don't like you told in many ways Jesus was even Jesus Isaiah 53 verse 3 Prophesying about the Messiah. He was despised. Well, that's kind of harsh, isn't it? Have you ever been despised? Jesus was despised. And he was rejected by men. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And people even hid their face from him. They despised him and they counted him as nothing. He was lightly Esteemed. Wow. Why? Because the devil was doing his best to make Jesus quit. The devil is trying to get Jesus to give up. The devil was tempting Jesus Jesus is tempted in every way just like we are he was despised and rejected a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and people lightly esteemed him and yet here Jesus just kept on trusting God and going forward his destiny was not going to be thwarted by someone who did not believe in him he was not going to allow the Jebusite to tell him that God didn't love him didn't care about him didn't have a plan for him he was not going to believe the devil's word that he He was worthless. He just kept going. Jesus was despised. He was beaten for us. His accusers saw him as having no value at all. They didn't see any value in him as a person or in his sacrifice as a savior. They didn't want, they didn't, they just didn't believe he was worth anything. But we do. First Peter 2 7 says this therefore to you who believe he is precious to those who do not believe He's the stone that the builders rejected and it's become the head the chief of the cornerstone What does that mean that means that just because somebody rejects him doesn't change who he is Just because somebody thinks little of Jesus does not change who he is And I want to be like him So just because someone rejects me, just because someone says I'm worthless, just because someone fires me, just because, you know, uh, some financial loss comes, just because, you know, uh, you know, that does not change who I am. What I think of you does not change what you should think of you. You and God are a majority. When you live a life pleasing to God, you do not have to worry about what other men think of you. Okay? Remember the verse we read in the beginning of the lesson, how that David was standing there and they said, you know, the weakest one of us, well, let's just read it again. 2 Samuel 5, verse 6. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites. That's the enemy we're talking about. The inhabitants of the land who spoke to David saying, you shall not come in here, but the blind and the lame will repel you, thinking David cannot come in here. Well, listen to the rest of the story. Verse 7. Nevertheless. Look at somebody and say, "Nevertheless." nevertheless. You see, it doesn't matter what your enemies think about you. It shouldn't matter to you what your enemies think about you. Occasionally, whenever I'm Uh, counseling, uh, 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 I don't know how this popped in my mind, but I'm going to say it anyway, okay? Occasionally, this will do somebody some good, okay? Occasionally, whenever I'm doing marital counseling, someone will come in and say, well, my spouse said something ugly to me, and I told them, and they, back and forth. (laughs) Well, let me tell you what they said to me. Let me tell you, and I, I tell them, look, that doesn't surprise me. That's what goes on in a fight. What did you expect? (laughs) That is the nature of a fight. Okay? Why expect your enemies to say anything good about you? Why would you expect the world to love you? The Bible says, if you were just like the world, the world would love you. But you are not of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Don't be surprised, Peter said, when the world treats you like they hate you. Because you represent something that the world is fighting against. And I say, well, I've never really been persecuted. Watch out. The Bible says all who will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Well, I've not been persecuted. Well, maybe you're not being godly enough. I don't mean ugly and mean and nasty. Put a smile on your face and share the truth in love with someone. If that doesn't ruffle someone's feathers somewhere, okay, then they'll all get saved. It's a win-win. Nevertheless... They said to David, you can't come here. You're insignificant. You're worthless. You're you're not able to do that. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. And now it's the city of David. If you go with me, I'll show it. I'll see him right right there is where it is. That's called the city of David right there, that little piece. That used to be Jebus. That used to belong to the Jebusites. That used to belong to the people that thought David was worthless. Nevertheless. The Jebusites may say that you're weak and worthless. They may say that you're, you know, a person of sorrows, that you're used to being disappointed, so you may as well just be disappointed again. The Jebusites might tell you there's nothing you can do. It's just going to be piling on, blow after blow, one after the other. You know, but the fact of the matter is, he's a liar. He may say you're worthless, but God says you're worth the blood of his son. Anybody ever try to tell you that you're no good, that you're worthless? You let them know that God bought you at the price of the blood of his son. And you are a child of the living God. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you. Don't let the Jebusite start making you think you're worthless. Romans the 8th chapter verse 31 what then shall we say to these things here's what we say if God is for me who can be against me if God is for us who can be against us let me tell you this morning it is the absolute truth that God gave his son on the cross of Calvary for your sin your personal sin it is the absolute truth that if you will believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ if you will give your life to God and ask him to apply the blood of Jesus to your life he will save your soul that is the absolute truth once you are born again you are a child of God that is the truth don't let anyone tell you anything different once you are a child of God there is no devil no demon there is no problem no situation no circumstance no financial downturn no sickness there is no creature there's no height nor depth nor anything else that God has ever seen that is as powerful as you are nothing can overcome you when you are in Christ you are a child of God no devil No demon, no temptation has a right to your life. When you die, and that mortal body will die, when you die, you will be embraced in the loving arms of a Savior who gave His life for you. You will never know death. You will never taste death. You will never feel its sting. You will not lay in a grave. You will be immediately in the presence of your Father God and His Son Jesus Christ. And there you will ever be in peace and you will be in comfort. There will be no pain, no sickness. There will be no sorrow forever and ever and ever and ever and ever it is not a place that we are hurrying to get to But it is a much better place than this. But we have been called by God to stay on this earth for as long as he will and to work for him. But this world is not about accumulating all of the wealth. God expects us to increase. God expects us to be happy. God wants us to have fun. God wants us to take vacations. God wants us to enjoy our life and to enjoy the things that he's blessing us with. It is a part of his blessing on a nation that serves him, on a people that love him. His family should be well cared for but we also have work to do. We must let our light shine because every soul that does not make Jesus the Lord and Savior of their life before leaving planet earth does not enjoy an eternity in comfort and rest but rather separate Separation from God, separation from peace and joy for the rest of eternity. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are saved only through our faith in him. Anything else is a lie. As Billy Graham said, anyone that preaches any other thing than that, let him be cursed. It's the truth. We will have problems as believers. But we have identified some enemies that we should be able to recognize. Face your fears. Stop being tormented by them. Stop compromising. Learn to recognize the voice of compromise. And start taking steps to come out of the land of Canaan and to defeat that enemy. Stop allowing anger and resentment and unforgiveness born most often from a selfishness tempted by that devil to think for some reason other people are supposed to make my life good God joins people together first for what they can give not what they can get covenants mean you're good at my expense. Start identifying the enemies and then show up on Wednesday nights and I will teach you by the word of God how to build a life that is pleasing to God. We can do this. The love and the joy and the peace and the goodness of God can sweep over a community, a nation, a generation. It's happened. It's happened before, and it can happen again. If my people who are called by my name will just humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their ways, God says, I will hear them from heaven. I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. We can do this. Have you been born again? If you have not been born again, then ask Jesus to come into your heart right now. You can do it right there where you are. Just sincerely say, God, save me. Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry. I know I need a Savior. Save me. Save my soul. Make me your child. I want to be your child. God, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to live. I I don't know how it happens, but I want to be your child. That's enough. If you believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you call upon Him, the Bible says you will be saved. Once you're saved, you need to be water baptized. You can be water baptized today. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life and feel you to overflowing with the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's for today, that's the truth. This power of the Holy Spirit is available to every believer. It's a baptism of power that is, that you're able to express. And then you need, you need to be able To have the boldness to let your light shine. Pray for people that ask for prayer. Give give God a chance. Give Him a chance. Watch and see what He'll do. And when you die, you can rest. Just get up off your rear and get to work right now. Put a smile on your face tomorrow. Put some joy in your heart you're on your way to heaven like I told Roy hey, I am on my way to heaven what is there to be upset about hey, come on come on now yeah. Ooh, I could dance a little jig <laughs> it's like Shadrach Meshach and Abednego dance a little jig in the fire why cuz somebody's with me and I know I'm coming out the fires not the end yeah. amen yeah. all right let's just put this Jebusite to rest right now uh, You're worth the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't leave here thinking that you're not. You are valuable. Okay? Though men might reject you, you are valuable in the hands of God. Lord God, today we pray you would seal this word in our hearts and our lives. Lord, help us, God, to, to reject all of the attempts of the enemies, Lord, every temptation to compromise or to be angry, to be selfish, Lord, or, or Lord, to cast off guidelines, to start, Lord, of uh, being so 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 tolerant, Lord, that, that we just let people, Lord, just just to do anything, Lord, uh, uh, w- without us ever sharing the truth with them in love, Lord. Help us, God, to be those, Lord, with, with joy and kindness, Lord, that, that, that were not critical and judgmental. Help us to apply the Word of God to our lives, Lord, and not to other people's, Lord but to our lives Lord God help us almighty God to hear that voice of the enemy that's trying to tell us that we're not worth anything that 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 we can't do it Lord and let's just stand up God and and just say nevertheless I did Lord I thank you father for your hand upon us Lord in the name of Jesus save the lost heal the sick Lord cleanse hearts and minds Lord, strengthen marriages, Lord. Birth and build relationships, God. Lord, help us, Father. We are your children. In Jesus' name we pray.